Hello and welcome my partners in crime, welcome back to Murder Analyze. Now we're on case 9 of this 20 day challenge that we're doing for the missing and it's to highlight all these missing cases from all across the world and different places, different people, different ages, one or multiple people that have gone missing. So thank you for joining me again today and let's get on with this case and today's case is Ruth Wilson case she was a British teenager actually and she disappeared from Betchworth near Dorking in Surrey from England and she disappeared on the 27th of November 1995 and as of really today uh, her disappearance has not been solved so it's been quite a long time actually since anything was heard of about this girl now before we actually go into the, the facts of her case, I'd like to go over just a little bit of her background really, her family life and stuff, because I think that could be important in this case. So Ruth Wilson is the daughter of Ian and I think it's Nesta Wilson. Now her mother was born in Wellingborough on the 1st of May 1948 and was given the name Nesta by um, her adoptive parents, so her mother was adopted. Now Ian and Nesta were married in 1976 in Newport, when Wilson was four years old, her sister Jenny was only a few months old and her mother then died. Now, according to the story that was told to these kids, you know, Ruth in particular, because she was the older, um, the family sort of said that her death was a result of this accidental fall down the stairs and that the death certificate actually recorded it as suicide. Now, she didn't find this out only until a few weeks before she went missing. So this is, uh, in this part, I am going to talk about suicide and different things, and this could have some relation to um, why uh, Ruth has gone missing. And so there is a trigger warning out as we go on through this case. So the death certificate states that she died actually um, by hanging on the 10th of December. 1982. Now unbeknownst to her family, Wilson had become aware of this, so Ruth Wilson had become aware of these facts really. You know, as kids get older it's more and more difficult isn't it to try and hide the truth no matter how much you're trying to protect them children. Sometimes it is best to be open right from a quite a young age, not telling exactly what happened but not also lying either to try and protect the child because later on in life, as with Ruth, when she found this out, she was absolutely devastated that all her life she thought her mother had died of an accident and it turns out actually that it was suicide by hanging. So it was quite a bit of a shock to her and that really is what she found out just before she disappeared. So it could have some relevance in her disappearance. By 1983, her father Ian had married uh, Karen, and um, I don't know. I think I don't. You know, a lot of kids don't get on with their step parents. They just don't, and sometimes that can be for many, many reasons. But it seemed that she sort of didn't get on with them for so. Or what? That's what her sort of friends say that she, you know she didn't really like the stepmother and stuff like this. But that could just be teenage years. That could be lots of different issues. Or it could be that she really just didn't like her for one reason or another. Now, both of Ruth's um, father and stepmother were both um, teachers. A teacher worked as a father, a head of science, actually, at a secondary school, while her stepmother was a deputy head of a primary school. So, listen, these work, they work with kids. They know about kids. 
you know, they'd had enough training with kids. But when you're talking about your own kid, it's a lot different, isn't it, from dealing with somebody else's, really. So I think there was a lot of stuff going on in Ruth's life leading up to her disappearance. But whether it was a disappearance that she decided to run off and uh, herself, or whether there was some other reason or some sinister reason why this girl has never been heard of till this day. I think her father was also, he served as a, lo um, a local parish councillor. They lived in a village in uh, a cottage uh, in this Betchworth in Surrey at the time of their disappearance. Now Surrey is a beautiful area, it's like countryside and everything and I think where she went was this box hill was where she disappeared and I'll show you some maps and photographs of it. But, um, but you know, it's countryside. You know, it's not a city, it's, it's countryside, it's very, very nice, very, very nice place to live. But I think probably easy as well to walk off and uh, do things that you want to do. And um, would it be difficult to find you if someone looked for you quite quickly? No, not really, not that, not in 1995. Would it be, is it absolutely possible that someone could find you if you had taken your own life and wandered off up there? Maybe, maybe. You know, maybe it, it, they, you know, they may not have been able to find you, really. I just, you know, we just don't know. But it is these wooded countryside areas and that there's lots of places, I suppose, where, you know, things can happen. Now, she really enjoyed, Ruth really enjoyed, like, the guitar. She played <clears throat> an electric guitar. She played the piano. She had a Saturday job working at a music shop. Um, and she was popular actually as a local babysitter in the area. So she had a lot going on in this area. She had a lot of friends and stuff like this. She was studying her A-levels, um, uh, sixth form. So, you know, she was doing quite well, but I think she was struggling with her A-levels. You know, there's a big jump, you know, isn't there from your GCSEs or your earlier studies, then you get to A-levels. There's lots going on when you get to A-levels. <clears throat> your hormones and that are changing your body everything's going on, you're trying to study a higher level of education, then you find out, as Ruth did, that it, her mother's death was not an accident but suicide. So there's lots of things at the moment now going on in this girl's mind, isn't there, that could have caused her to take herself away for any of them reasons, or all of them, or it could be none of them. Now listen, this girl's personality, actually, she was um, in a local church choir. She used to ring the bells, so she would do the bell ringing. She enjoyed playing the organ and the piano, as I've said. You know, this girl was a talented girl, really. Now, her school friends have described her as being intelligent and quirky personality, you know, um, with a small but close-knit friends. Not loads, but a small group of friends that were very, very close. Now it was how they found out about how she found out actually about her mother's death was uh, around um, October 1995 and this was according to one of her, one of her very close friends that uh, Ruth sort of developed this belief that she was being lied to about her mother and that you know her bio biological mother's death wasn't what it was made out to be. Now this is what happens as I've said before when you hold back information as these kids are getting older and then they start getting suspicious and they start wondering why you're lying to them you know so this was on her mind she had told people about this 
she was really really um you know wanted to know so actually she traveled to london and she then went to get her mother's death certificate to prove really her own theories and thoughts on why um her mother's death was really playing on her mind and that's when she really then found out and it would have been a terrible terrible shock this school friend or another school friend very close member they're very small group of people that she knew very close friends has said that um that ruth had run away about a month before that from home uh, and and this was before she actually finally did disappear for good and she sort of hid out in a house actually in this village of uh, betchworth now this friend also was due to move to sheffield Yorkshire, and wilson had asked if she could go with her so ruth wanted then to move away with a friend to sheffield she said she just wanted to get away um, and she really, you know, asked, could she come once they'd settled in? And, and the friend said, of course, you know, once we've settled in, you can come. So Wilson went missing a few weeks after this girl left for Sheffield. They moved away and they relocated. And then she did go down there, I think, for one night, stayed over, slept over. And the family recalled, actually, um, this girl's family recalled that she was... Um, you know adamant that she didn't want to go back home but she had to because she was doing these a-levels and everything else but ruth was adamant that she didn't want to go back home that she wanted to stay there and this was literally only weeks before she disappeared her friends and said and the mum of this girl said she never really explained why she didn't want to be at home she just didn't she just wanted to move on now as i've said it could be the pressure from everything that's going on she no longer trusted her father he'd lied to her you know kids look at things different ways she's now found out that her mother has committed suicide her um, education is failing these were both teachers you know here's the head of science this girl is struggling to do an a-level there's a lot of pressure on these kids at school to achieve well now they may not have meant to put so much pressure on her but that's how she may have been feeling at that time everything now is coming on top of this girl because if she's telling her friends and their parents that she doesn't want to live at home she wants to move away she's already tried to run away a month before then there is issues here going on in this family now whether the family recognize them issues or not um it's unclear isn't it but it is said you know um that, that everyone has said even her friends have said at that point she was not suicidal at all herself she was adamant she didn't want to be at home but she was and she was unhappy at being at home um but she was not suicidal at all so on saturday just before her disappearance uh ruth worked in the music shop as she'd done uh in woking um then she went for a meal with her ex-boyfriend will kennedy and another friend, Neil Phillipson, and now Kennedy and Phillipson both stated that Wilson paid for the meal and told them it would be something to remember her by. That's what she told them. Now, she also then went on to do the handbell practice at her local church on the Sunday. She went to the youth group in Dorking and then went back to Kennedy's house for supper. Her mother gave them her some old clothing um and the family said you know his family said that she was very relaxed and happy about his clothes and stuff she accepted them she took them not someone who you think is going to go off and kill herself someone that you may think is going to go off and run away 
because she said something to remember me by, but not in the way where she's going to take her own life, I think. So on the day of her disappearance, her parents left, or the dad and the stepmother left for work early on that day of her disappearance, leaving Wilson and her sister, Jenny, to catch the school bus. Now, uh, Ruth's father had an Ofsted inspection at the school where he worked as this head of science department and was in a hurry to leave. And he recalls actually that he saw Ruth listening, you know, with, you know, standing around with her Walkman. And um, as he left home, he had been in such a stressful mood and that he says really um, that his last words to her were, you know, out of my way, I'm in a hurry, as he pushed past her. Now, I am a teacher, I have, you know, yeah, a lecturer and stuff. And this in Ofsted, when you have these Ofsted stuff, you are stressed and everything. And this man did not know that this was the last time he was going to see his daughter, did he? So to me, that's a normal household running. You know, you've got a kid hanging around listening to a, you know, Walkman. He's stressing out, trying to get to work and everything. He brushes past her and says, listen, get out my way and stuff. And he feels really guilty about that the last things that he said to her but really when you think about what you do in the morning you know and we're all rushing around to get to work and especially when you're under pressure from Ofsted and that to have these you know um schools looked at and whether you're doing everything right at school you know, there's a lot of pressure on him um at that time so I can understand that you know I can understand it so for me that's not abnormal I mean and he said this is what happened and he's de he definitely feels terrible about how he left that house. But this is what I say about when people go missing. You know, sometimes there is no warnings, is there? Most of the time, actually, you don't think that's going to be the last interaction you're going to have with someone, do you? Not really. So be careful. Always say goodbye nicely, I think. It's the thing to do, really. So at this last moment, just before they were meant to leave for school, Ruth told Jenny, her sister, that she wasn't going on the bus so Jenny was not surprised about that because when you you know when you're doing A levels you don't go in at specific times. It's not you know nine till five or nine till three whatever school is at these these days. It's not that she was in sixth form, so she didn't have to come every day the same time as normal kids do. So I just just thought, oh, wish you could have told me earlier. Anyway, she's gone off to school thinking nothing of it. So on that day, that was the last time then that her sister Jenny saw her as well. Because even Ruth said, I'll see you later, I'll catch up with you later. She didn't. She never went to school that day, even though she was meant to go, she didn't. Which is very uncharacteristic for her not to go. She didn't. So at around 11.30am, Wilson took a taxi into Dorking. Around midday, she ordered flowers for her stepmother. Uh, and um, no one really knows why. Wilson asked for them, or Ruth asked for them, not to be delivered until a week later, the following Wednesday, later, Pacific, on the date they needed to be there. She spent the afternoon in uh, Dorking Library at around 4pm. She took a taxi from Dorking Railway Station to Box Hill. She was dropped off there on the bridleway with a short walk um, away, really, from the Hand in Hand pub which is now the Box Tree pub, I think, on Box Hill. The taxi driver did state, actually, that Wilson displayed unusual behaviour. 
in the way that she slim, slim, she simply just stood there. She got out the taxi. She paid the taxi, got out the taxi. And she just stood there. No, it was raining. Now he says, as he drove off, it was like she was waiting for someone. She just stood there. He, he said, um, you know, people usually walk away. You know, when you're dropped off there, they usually just walk away because they know where they're going or going somewhere. She didn't. She just stood there. And he looked around as, and you know, he said it, she did. She looked like she was waiting for someone. And um, really, and that was it. That was the last person actually, I think, to see her was at 4.30 p.m. on that day. Now at the time of her disappearance, she was wearing a knitted jumper, black velvet trousers, black pixie boots, small ladies watch on her left wrist. She had a small blue duffel bag with a personal stereo and tapes in it. Now, Leon McAldry, you know, he's a 58-year-old retired policeman, police officer investigating the disappearance, observed that Wilson was dressed to get into another car. She, really, she wasn't really dressed to go walking in Box Hill. <clears throat> was she arranged to meet, in some, to meet someone there, dropped off at 4.30? If she was going to disappear, why didn't she disappear at 11.30? Why go to the library first? Why would she do that? Then she, you know, ordered these flowers for her stepmother and one of her friends said it's like, you know, up yours to the, to the stepmother. I don't think Ruth was planning to kill herself, really. I think Ruth was planning to run off with someone, maybe. And at 4.30 when she was dropped off by that taxi, that's why she stood there, because she was waiting for that person to come. And obviously, I think someone did but anyway this police officer he said you know she wasn't dressed for that not for that walking around like that she just wasn't so I think the question is here was there a third person involved in this third party probably right of course there was I think there was now was it made to look like because there were certain things found out you know about her disappearance I think they found some alcohol and some tablets and stuff just left by but if you had committed suicide up on this hill and you drunk your drink your alcohol when you took your tablets so you wouldn't have been able to go that far from them tablets so you're giving actually a search team a radius aren't you where they're going to find you in this was it made to look like that you know I think I think there's some issues here with this listen we all know from the facts that have been given here with this that Ruth did feel that she was um, lied to by her family she was under a lot of pressure with her schoolwork she wasn't happy at home she didn't like her stepmother for one reason or another right she didn't like her that's it her mother had died she then found out why it was all added you know all building up I think for Ruth but was it building up enough to make us think that she could have took her own knife or was it adding up enough to where she had met someone kept it a bit quiet or someone knows close to her where she is but has just never said I mean I'm going to have to leave this one up to you because I really don't know with all the facts that we've got about this girl you know from the day that she went missing that's been it really there's been nothing on her at all nothing so listen, you've got this police, I'm telling you, this police, you know, on this that night, Surrey police organised a search for Ruth with helicopters. P 
police dogs, um, heat seeking equipment in case you had taken this, you know, drink and alcohol or alcohol and um, tablets and falling asleep out in the wilderness, you know, and they don't want to get hyperthermia, you're out, you, you need to find this girl if she's still alive. Um, they searched Box Hill around this area, uh, but no solid clues were found of her whereabouts at all. And it was, as I said, discovered that when she went to Box Hill after school that she also um, was concerned about her performance at school. Um, she'd kept her last school report from her parents or her father that weekend because she was failing, she didn't want them to know. So um, I think on the 29th of November, two days after the disappearance, the flowers that were ordered by Ruth then were delivered to the stepmother. And um, it, it, that was even described um, by Ian as a, an expensive bunch of flowers, right? It was a bouquet. It was a bouquet, it wasn't cheap. You know, whoever's ordered these flowers had some money, really. If you're going to run away and do this, that and the other and you want to say thumbs up to you or you know, finger up to you, your stepmother because you don't like her, well, you wouldn't buy an expensive bunch of flowers, would you, and have them sent? You just wouldn't. There was lots of different things here that doesn't add up with this case. So on the Friday, the 1st of December, four days after her disappearance, as it was reported like by the Times newspaper on the 29th of December 1995, police found, they say, Three notes hidden under bushes and in the undergrowth at the top edge of the um, Betchworth quarry on Box Hill. So the notes amounted to this farewell to her parents, her best friends and, 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 and stuff. Like this is what they're saying that was found up there. A teenage boy said or that she knew also found empty packets of paracetamol tablets, half empty bottle of Firmoth which is like a martini sort of drink. Um, the police have also never really divulged the contents of these notes to the public, so I can't have a look at them. So on Saturday the 2nd of December, five days after the disappearance, a large-scale search again was organised by the police, fire and the rescue services, in which it also included 60 volunteers um, comprising of local members of public, school friends, colleagues, wardens from the National Trust, this search is um, utilised also with the police helicopters, tracker dogs, thermal imaging equipment, a detailed search of this quarry at the end of um, Box Hill was undertaken by trained search teams and rescue teams along with employees and owners of the quarry itself. Now Mark as Williams Thomas now, um, he does a lot of different stuff and he got a podcast as well. We've talked about him different. Now, he was a family liaison officer with the Wilson case and stated that extensive search across Boxbourne, uh, Box Hill had yielded no evidence to suggest that she was killed or took her own life. So, now he was an ex-police officer. He went then into private investigation and we, I think we've talked about him when we talk about different things. He's the one that broke the Jimmy Savile case. So listen, this man ain't stupid, right? He knows what he's talking about. So you've also had this massive search of this area. Listen, these notes, this half bottle empty of Firmoth and some paracetamols isn't going to kill you, right? It's just not. This girl had planned her disappearance, I believe. I don't believe this dead, This girl has took her own life in any way. I believe this was set up by her and probably somebody else. Um, really, I, I just, I just, I just can't see it 
it, it being that even though it's made to look like that she's took her own life up there I just don't I just don't see it anyway he also stated that he was sure that Ruth was not abducted by a stranger uh, Williams Thomas also stated that uh, from the experience that he has uh, it would suggest that there's two things occurred either she went up there to meet somebody which I think she did and she had subsequently gone away uh, or that she went up there to die in some other way but because there's no evidence of her dying in some other way or finding her up there with all this search which was going on um, I think it was the latter I think that she actually uh, went up there to meet someone and that was it she's gone now Ian and Karen her uh, father and stepmother on the 8th of December 1995 uh, done an appeal actually for Ruth on ITV network mid-morning uh, mid program this morning uh, to appeal for information and they stated that they believe that their daughter is still alive but she's afraid to come home the police assigned a code name, Operation Scholar, I think, to this case. It's an ongoing missing case, isn't it? It's unsolved missing because they can't find a body, even though there were certain amounts of evidence left around that made it look like she, uh, you know, took her own life. There is no evidence of that really, other than these small little things that's laying around, as if it was placed there, really. Um, not something that if you was going to commit suicide like that, I suppose you would do. Um, I just, you know, it's really, really um, a strange case, this one. But really, it comes down to a few things, doesn't it? So either Ruth did, by had had enough of everything that was going on in her life. She was failing her A-levels. She had parents that were teachers, and maybe she felt that she couldn't tell them she was failing because she had hid, hasn't she, her report card. She had found out also that she had been lied to and this is how she felt about it that about her mother uh, is deaf that was always said was an accident and that wasn't done to harm that was only done to protect this child um, from it it turned out that she took that really really difficult um, and so that's I suppose what you could say then maybe you know she wasn't happy at home and all this sort of stuff and being a teenager with all these hormones going through your body all these different thoughts that she may have been having may have ended uh, may have made her feel that it was time to end her own life okay that's a possibility do i think that's a possibility here for her in my opinion no but it's a possibility and if no other people are coming through with any other evidence and stuff about why they believe that she had done that um, it would have been her closest friends this close-knit group of people that would know more about her true feelings about that but they've said haven't they actually that she wasn't suicidal unless they're holding back for one reason or another we don't know did she have someone else that she was meeting there um, that no one knew about and she had got this taxi because she didn't leave her home at 11.30 in the morning to go to Box Hill she left at 11.30 to go and order some flowers. Then she went to the library. Before then, going into Dorking, getting a taxi from the train station up to Box Hill. Um, what was she doing in the library? What was she researching? What was she looking at places to go? She was waiting, you see, until 4.30. What, to meet someone? We don't know. Was they finishing work then? You know, was this an adult? Is this someone that 
she knew for quite a long while someone that said to her, I'll help you if you don't want to be here, I'll help you get away. And that's what happened. We don't know, but we do know, I think, it wasn't an abduction. I think we can say that for clear. Now, so the other scenario is if she did do that and she went off and to start a new life and she is scared to come home and say anything and contact anyone, that if she could just contact missing persons and say something about herself that only they would know um, to make sure they know it's her. And then this would end the heartache, wouldn't it? For all the people around her that don't know what's happened to her. If that isn't the case and you have any information what happened to Ruth Wilson, can you please state what you know? Tell someone. Because isn't it time that this case was put to rest one way or the other? Now, it is possible, I suppose, that if Ruth did take her own life, that she's stuck up on Box Hill in a place that no one found her. But it wasn't through lack of searching. So really, this is a very strange case, sis, because really since that day of her disappearance, no one's ever heard of her since. Now, even if you think that her friends may have known about it, someone would usually have spoke by now about what they know. I always say loyalties change, don't they? So if you did help Ruth to plan her disappearance, just say it. People would rather know now, right? People would rather know. If you know where she is, just say. If you know that you feel that she was suicidal and she had planned to take her own life, just say it. Just say it. Because really, for Ruth, all this needs to end. For Ruth's family, this needs to end. For her friends, needs to end, doesn't it? Everyone needs closure now on this case. It's been going on a very long time now. So on the 27th of November 1995, Ruth Wilson, literally this teenager, this young girl, left her home and has never been seen again since. Not really. No official sightings of her. Nothing. Nothing. So if you know anything, it's time to say. It's time to end this case once and for all. So you know what to do. If you found this case interesting, you can put the thumbs up and subscribe and do all that. But more importantly, is that you can share this case. You can talk about this case. And if you know anything about this disappearance of Ruth, just make sure you make your information known. So as usual, I will be leaving throughout or put throughout these cases all the different ways that you can um, talk to someone about what you know. As I've said, loyalties change. People may know something and they may have known something then and they want to speak now about it. Because secrets, you see, can be very hard to keep. They can eat away at you, can't they? And sometimes it's always best to say what you know. And if Ruth is out there, please contact someone, Ruth. It's really important that you do that. And so people know if you're safe, that you're in no trouble. You're never going to be in any trouble. But people really would like to know if you're safe and well. So thank you for watching. Until the next time, bye-bye.